Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. everyone to the Nichols Family Lawyers podcast. I'm Sally Nichols, founder and managing partner of Nichols Family Lawyers. Today I will be speaking with two guests, Leslie Pedetza and Lisa Gale. Leslie is the CEO of the Alana and Madeline Foundation, a well-known children's charity supporting Australian children who have experienced or witnessed violence. The Alana and Madeline Foundation offers our community a broad range of care, prevention and advocacy programs for children. My second guest, Lisa Gale, is Assistant Commissioner, Northern Command of ACE and Child Exploitation in Australia. Leslie, Lisa and I will be speaking today about some of the challenges that children might face in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, but particularly focusing on cyber safety. As a parent myself, this issue is very important, but it's also an issue which we as a community should be turning our minds to. Welcome Leslie and Lisa, and thank you for joining me. Lovely. Thank you, Sally. So our whole world is now going virtual, it would seem, including schools for many children. What challenges or risks to children might we expect in this new virtual world? Leslie, would you I like think, to start? Or, Le- or Lisa, would you like to start? No, Leslie, I think this, uh, I'm happy for <laughs> Leslie to start. Um, well, before we go on to the virtual world, I think the first thing that I want to say is that children, like all of us, are... Uh, feeling a range of emotions um you know we're we're all worried a little bit about um our own health and our community and um the safety and health of our loved ones especially the people we can't see um i think most of us have picked up on some of the anxiety about uh the impact on the economy and most of us most kids probably know somebody who's lost their jobs uh children are feeling pretty disconnected because schools have suddenly stopped being places where they go every day um, and not being able to go to the park and go to the shops and go to the places where they normally go to church uh, to libraries to um, playgrounds they're all things that have made a lot of kids feel what's happening in their world on the other hand um, we also know that a lot of children are really enjoying having their families at home with them um, seven days a week and seeing mum and dad so much more often um, and being able to have dinner together so, more, so much more often and doing a lot of things that they might not have had time to do before, like walk the dog together as a family, cooking together, reading, playing games together. So the world's changed a lot um, and not all of it's terrible, but I think that we really need to recognise that children just like all of us are really trying to come to terms pretty quickly with some very major challenges and a sense that there is an external threat to their lives that they might not have lived with before. What do you think think parents can do to support their children's connection with friends and 
school community, yeah. but in a, in a sustainable and healthy, healthy way, mostly. Look, you know, it's interesting. This time has really, I think, put paid to the debate that we had, uh, we've been having for some time. You know, for a long time, we've had this debate. Uh, how often should our children use screens? You know, how important is technology in our kids' lives? Let's have a really strong balance around technology. For all of us, while our children are being physically distant from their friends and their teachers, all of us are learning to use the technology and the resources that we have within our homes to help keep them connected. So what we've seen now is that for all of us, we're a lot more dependent on technology than ever before for, for our education, for work, but also for our social contact. And for many of us, our recreation and our creativity and our shopping, and even for some of us, our physical exercise, we're learning to see the full range of things that are possible by being connected online. Um, we also know that many parents are struggling to understand and supervise their children's tech use, as well as um, what they want to do. And even though schools are working really hard to keep students connected, uh, implementing virtual learning with some terrific resources, we know that not every parent feels really confident about doing that. One of the things that we've seen, um, and it's not surprising because kids are now so much more connected in the last couple of weeks, um, we have seen worryingly an increase in cyberbullying. There's been um, reports of about a 20% rise in reports of cyberbullying, and that's that's always really concerning, I think. We've also seen, though, that um, there's been an increase in some racial harassment of children online, particularly children from within Asian communities because of some of the general fears um, and distortions being spread around the um, how the virus is transmitted. And we've also seen a bit of pile-on of um, kids who might be inadvertently breaking some of the social distancing um, rules and regulations. So we know that within this environment, there's a bit more tension, um, a bit more opportunity to be able to find cracks within children's um, confidence. So all of us, I think, as families have got uh, some real responsibilities. So Sal, I thought I might go through some of the things that might help families be able to deal with that environment. Oh, certainly. What that, parents can do yeah. at home, I think, would be wonderful yeah. to protect children. Okay. Yeah. So I think the first thing is to recognise that as a family, we're in this together. And that might sound a little bit corny, but it's a real opportunity while we're having dinner or having breakfast together to talk about, well, what does it mean for us all to be sequestered in this house together, whether it's a unit or if it's a big house, it doesn't really matter. Suddenly we're all face to face, mostly 24 hours a day in the place together. So learning to come to terms with the fact that the NBN might not accommodate all of us at the same time. Very um, true, that's happened in my very house. Very true, yes. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that for different times that some of us are going to need to be, for example, talking out loud, uh, or being part of Zoom or Microsoft team meetings. Um, so what does it mean about being respectful to each other when we all want to use our screens? Um, how do we make sure that we are using the internet or the relatively rationed <laughs> download capacity within our house, taking turns, scheduling it, talking to each other, and acknowledging that everyone has needs? That's a really important part of it. Um, I think a really good thing to do is learning from each other about how the alerts work on our apps and our phones. What do we need to turn on and what do we need to turn off? It's really frustrating to be in a group with five people suddenly within the same couple of rooms 
and have all of the alerts going on and off each other's devices <laughs> regularly can drive people crazy. Um, helping people understand what the settings are within the, um, their devices and their social media accounts so that we've got high levels of security because we might be sharing data within our family for the first time that we haven't. Um, one of the things I think is really important for families is agreeing when and where it's okay to use devices. So making agreements about whether we're going to use them within bedrooms, within communal areas or not, uh, within areas where there's privacy, just having those discussions and about talking about the respect for people's privacy. On the other hand, what I think it's really important is that families, particularly with younger children, also take this time to spend a bit more time getting to know what their children's online activities might involve. This is a really good time for it to be almost a learning opportunity for you as a parent while teaching your child as well. So get them to show you the games and the acts that they want to play and why. So you're making a more educated decision and having a conversation with them where you respect the fact that this is important to them and why. Um, but also educating yourself as a parent. You're going to be in a room with your child playing these games for the next few months. You actually now have no reason not to know how safe they are or, or they aren't. So it's a real opportunity to step into their world and learn a lot more about the things that excite them. And for you to have a bit more of a note of caution, I guess, about what that might be. And there are some very popular activities and apps that children want to use that really are not particularly suitable for them. This is the time where you have a responsibility to get to know more than you've ever known about their online lives. Because I, I guess one of the concerns with a lot of parents is that virtual schooling is starting in the next couple of days. And for many people, the iPads are going to be a form of babysitting, which we know is a big, has been a big no-no. Um, um, but you might want to articulate that more. But I was thinking, Lisa, from your point of view, from the policing yeah. point of view too, has there been an increase in, in um, predatory behaviour at all because of um, people taking advantage? of the fact that so many children are on devices at the moment? Thanks, Sally. Um, I would um, echo um, the commentary that uh, Leslie just provided in terms of some of those um, key um, messages and things that families and parents in particular can do to help um, keep their children um, being safe um, online. I just, before I answer your question directly, if that's okay, Sal, um, I just yeah. wanted to add that um, the ACE um, last year did some research um, in terms of um, parents talking to their children about um, online safety. And uh, what came out of that research was that 50, only 52% of parents had those conversations with their children. Um, so that's a bit of a worry. Um, so when you talk about um, predatory behaviours and what do us as law enforcement see, the fact that a vast majority, a large portion of parents aren't even having any conversation with their children um, um, is certainly, from a, as a police officer, is a bit of a worry. Um, so, the reason for that, um, Lisa, did they say that it's because it was lack of their privacy. own privacy knowledge, knowledge, privacy? Yeah, okay. uh, plays a part and, you know, um, uh, having to have those conversations and controls around, I think it was something that Leslie said previously about knowing what your children are doing, what um, applications they are accessing when they are connecting online with friends or with unknown people. Um, it's having sometimes those difficult conversations with your children. Um, but I think, I think it's also about 
making making kids feel safe and comfortable having those conversations. So conversely, if parents make it so that it's okay and it's not a big deal to have that conversation, mm-hmm. um, I think um, that's going to contribute some ways to um, seeing hopefully a greater number of parents having uh, more awareness and oversight of what what um, kids are accessing online I don't know if you, you agree, you're nodding Leslie I'm hoping yeah, you're agreeing with what I'm saying I, I completely agree I think I think one of the things that we know is that the worst thing you can do with your child is when something goes wrong to have the first response which is to say it's your fault or the first yeah. response to say we're going to get you off that app or I'm going to take the device off you the worst response you can have when something goes wrong because the first thing your child is going to learn is if something goes wrong as soon as I tell them I'm going to be the one who takes the problem it's my problem and I'm going to lose it you've got to have an opportunity this is a really good opportunity to reset your own feelings about that and understand that your job is to be your, your child's guide and support while they explore the online world and recognize it's going to be a part of their life forever. And the answer is not to ban them. The answer is to equip them with the right skills and knowledge to be as safe as possible. And also to be acting as a responsible and ethical person themselves online. So it's a real opportunity, not only just to keep them safe, but also reinforcing the sort of behaviors you want them to be as a good online citizen as well. And I think, sadly, uh, as a from law enforcement perspective, you know, we know that last year we um, the ACE received um, around approximately seventeen thousand reports um, of mm-hmm. online child or referrals of online child exploitation, um, uh, and that's pre-pandemic. Uh, you know, so I guess in answer to your question, Sally. Um, and to reaffirm what Leslie indicated, how critical it is that um, children online feel comfortable and can trust that they can go to their parents um, um, if something has happened uh, online. We know that um, as uh, consistent with the um, environment we find ourselves in, that there are going to be predators out there who are going to exploit the opportunities of the, um, in the online environment to ex- uh, uh, exploit children. That's just uh, the reality of this. And so uh, in line with the fact that uh, children are spending more more time at home and more time online, we are seeing and experiencing um, an increase in referrals uh, in alignment with that, whether they're reports from the public uh, or they're referrals from our law enforcement partners or NGOs. So certainly, you know, the evidence at the moment is consistent with the fact that more people are online um, meaning that we are receiving uh, more referrals. Mm. Cool. And so there's some really simple things you can do, Sal, I think, as a parent. Um, you help your child from a very early age understand what private means. What does yeah. it mean? How do you keep your own details private and how do you maintain your privacy online? Um, help them understand what to do if someone approaches them who they don't know, um, how they can block somebody who's doing something inappropriate, how they can make a report, um, and also how they can come to you. There's lots of things, practical things that parents can do around improving the security settings of the devices their children are using and checking the games. So for example, a lot of online games have a chat feature and parents often are unaware of that or they think that 
oh, I'm only going to let them chat with the three friends and I know those <laughs> three friends personally. What we know is that there are so many security breaches of chat functions within children's online games that by and large, they're not something we recommend at all for children, particularly children under 13. You've got to be really careful and be, if your child is playing an online game that has a chat function attached to it, um, being hyper vigilant about that because as Lisa said, unfortunately there are people who take advantage of the fact that our children think someone who's friendly is a friend um, and they're not <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. So there's some of the things that you can do that keep your child um, safer within what can be, you know, a fantastic opportunity, but also can be an area of risk and danger for children. And if, any, if anyone listening to this podcast wanted to go to um, an area on the website, either on ACE or on Alana Madeline, there are great tips and educational yeah. links, aren't there, on both websites. Yes. Lisa, do you want to talk a little bit about ACE and how it was formed? Because I think we, we mentioned it. Lisa. Uh, Lisa. Um, we <laughs> sorry, I'm curious. There's two L's. <laughs> so um, going back to ACE, Lisa, it would be fantastic to talk a bit about how it was actually formed, but it's quite an amazing organisation that's growing rapidly, um, being under the stewage of the um, Australian Federal Police. Would you like to chat yes. about that? Because we would direct listeners to that website as well. Absolutely. Uh, so the Australian Centre to Counter Child Exploitation uh, was established um, through uh, a um, uh, funding from the federal government um, to create a uh, multidisciplinary, multi-agency um, centre uh, to lead to make Australia the a leading um, a leading, um, uh, I guess, um, country in terms of how we counter, uh, we, well, we deter, detect, deter, disrupt, prevent um, uh, child exploitation from occurring. And um, uh, as you correctly said, um, Sally, the Australian Federal Police are currently the lead agency that are coordinating um, the effort um, of the centre uh, nationally. And um, as you both uh, know, um, uh, the prevention piece is um, critical um, to the work um, uh, delivered by um, the ACCE. Um, and we, we see ourselves as that uh, coordination point uh, and that it, it's really um, vital for it to be successful that we uh, have engagement and uh, contributions from, you know, important um, um, agencies, World Congress, um, uh, Alana and Madeline Foundation uh, and others, uh, you know, that we all work uh, in collaboration with each other uh, mm -hmm. to really, um, you know, deliver, um, you know, nationally consistent um, um, prevention um, uh, actions uh, through uh, the centre. So uh, today we've all come together previously um, and we've all participated um, in different um, uh, working groups and forums as part of that coordination point. So the, so the, the Australian Centre to Counter Child Exploitation really uh, brings together uh, agencies from across government, uh, from across uh, non-government organisations, industry, uh, to partner and collaborate on delivering um, national um, consistency in terms of how we all work together to counter um, child exploitation. Uh, that's one of the strengths of the centre and that's one of the, 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 the parts, I guess, that have really led it to going from success 
to you know one success to another. Um, particularly, uh, you know, uh, with uh, law enforcement at the operational arm, um, you know, I think uh, you see from the ACCE, um, it is that 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 capability that supports um, our um, state and territory partners and our international partners um, to go forth and um, deliver against, uh, you know, uh, those predators out there that look to cause harm to our kids. And it's it's not it it's in itself. It goes and supports supports um, others to, uh, you know, um, I guess counter the online child exploitation in particular. It's um, you know, we're seeing it grow from strength to strength. Um, you know, we all we look to have um, Queensland Police um, co-located and embedded um, into the ACCE in the not too distant future. And um, our wish and hope is that we will also have secondees from other um, national, state and territory jurisdictions um, in the not too distant future. Um, and we have, um, uh, you know, uh, John Rouse, he now works um, in the ACCE. And for those uh, people uh, listening that have worked um, uh, in the child, child exploitation space for some time will know uh, of John's expertise. So that, that's a, a wonderful inclusion to the centre to have uh, his expertise there. Um, and we're looking to um, have some international experts, particularly around things like victim identification, to better support the work that our national partners do uh, so that that capability can enhance um, the work mm -hmm. undertaken by our partners so that we can um, hopefully protect kids um, much more effectively at a national level oh, or a well, global and, level, I and should we, say. And we are such a strong supporter of the work of the centre and. Um, you know, I can already see there's some amazing things that are coming out of it through the collaboration. And one of the things that's really interesting is I think we've all come to terms with the fact that we recognise through the research that parents are not good at having this conversation with their yeah. kids and being able to develop some better tools, um, better linkages with communities that need to learn about about the risk, but also how you build protective behaviours into your children's um, activities and knowledge and practices. That's a really important part of what I think the centre is doing, is trying to bring together that research base and evidence base yes. with practitioners and with organisations and groups who can help deliver some of those and craft some of those messages. And that's wonderful, you know, to see the preventative arm as well as the policing arm, investigative arm, um, working together because we all recognise, you know, the exponential growth in this requires that we have to really lift our game. So uh, yep. I'm excited by um, some of the changes that we're already seeing. And it's, it's a terrific example of leadership, I think, across um, a lot of spheres. You know, when Lisa says um, she rattles off all those groups, that's not easy to get that level of cooperation. <laughs> uh, it's not easy, but it's, it's already bearing fruit. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. We try. It's it's true. I'm so. I was also going to raise one other thing, if that's okay. Um, one of the things that we've really noticed has been, um, look, every disaster provo uh, produces an environment for scamming, and one of the things that we, you know, it happens during hurricanes. It happened during the bushfires. And we have sadly already recognised that this is happening online. And really weirdly, that so much of the scamming is being directed towards um, adolescents uh, as well. It's, it's very interesting. So while adults have always been the target of scams and manipulations, um, 
COVID-19 seems to have particularly brought out a lot of things which are kind of uh, child attractive scams and misinformation and disinformation campaigns. So what we know is, you know, we're so early into this disease that information keeps evolving. And the trouble is that when the science is not settled on something, it gives a real opportunity for people to try to distort messages and to exploit people's worries and concerns. So some of the things that we've seen have been um, emails, texts, um, ads, phone calls, social media messages, uh, which promise to send, um, uh, push you first on the list for the COVID-19 vaccination or a promising a remedy that's going to help or a prevention uh, drops that you can take. We've already seen those. We've, we've seen links that invite people to click on to get information about where are COVID-19 outbreaks in your suburb, which um, put a link on there. And it's really enticing because people want to know how many people in my suburb uh, click on that link. Uh, and then it asks people to provide personal information when they uh, click on the link that we've seen um, invitations inviting people to be personally tested, fast-track testing for, for, for um, COVID. Um, and also, if you know somebody who's been affected uh, by COVID, where they can get help, and we can help you with that. And we can also provide funding to support you if you need, if you've been affected by COVID. All of those things are because people realise that there's a level of heightened tension and a lot of interest in this subject. So we've seen people trying to exploit that by sending out um, things that are going to try to trick people. So one of the, some of the things that we want you to um, have those conversations with your children is if somebody if somebody's sending you something and you don't know them, be skeptical first about what this might be. If you don't know who they are, then you can't really be sure that the information is true and remind them that some people say things that aren't true. Um, and that's a really important message to remember. You know, young kids can read, but they don't always have the level of judgment, particularly if something is designed on a page or in a link that looks official. Um, remind children that passwords and personal details are really important privacy things. They're just like your phone numbers or your bank details and they need to be kept private and to never share them online, no matter what they're being asked. Help children to understand what a scam might look like. If they get a message, does it contain a weird looking web address? How to click through to check the web address? Ask them if there's spelling mistakes in it. Amazingly, so many of the scams have spelling mistakes. Um, does it claim to be for one person but shows up on a different address? Uh, does it ask you to click on a link? Never click on a link. Um, does it invite you to take up a free offer? Um, and does it ask you to send personal invitation in details or send money? One of the things that parents can do during this time, knowing that their children, particularly young adolescents, are being targeted for these scams, is make sure all of your antivirus and anti-spyware um, software on your computers is up to date. Do a check, do a, do a scam of that. And remind children, if somebody asks you to donate money, even if it's for a good cause, come and talk to you beforehand. Don't donate money because there are unfortunately tricksters. If your children do get um, scammed, it's also really important to remind them that it's not that they're stupid. And that's really important, that scammers are doing this deliberately to play on their curiosity or their need for knowledge or their good feeling. And that a lot of adults have been scammed as well. Um, but also show them what they can do to remedy that, how they can report it, how they need to talk to a trusted adult, um, how they can go to the ACCC scam watch and report them, um, and how they can report them to um, the Office of eSafety or the platform from which they've gone. So help children take a bit of control if they've been tricked or if they've been tricked.
No, all really good life skills. And Lisa, what do you think parents, if parents do see something really disturbing online yep. involving children, what is the message that, what, what do you want them to do? So um, if, if uh, a parent, uh, if, if their child is experiencing um, any issues online, uh, what the first thing we would say is that it's uh, critical that you try and gather some evidence in whatever way you can. So if that means um, take some screenshots, for example, uh, or photos of whatever the particular content is, that would be the first thing. Um, then once you've got gathered some evidence, then uh, we would be suggesting that you block and report what it is, if it's an app, um, a site or, or a platform, um, uh, wherever the, whatever the issue is, has occurred, please report it. If you think um, the, the message from, from a police officer, uh, first and foremost, above and beyond anything else, if you think your child's in imminent danger, always, 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 please call triple zero uh, before you do anything else. Um, the other way that um, parents can um, also report if they, they're not sure um, but, um, is the report abuse button uh, that is on the AFP website. Um, and it's also um, on our Think You Know, which will be um, connected to the ACCCE website. Um, we encourage parents um, to uh, uh, report it uh, through the report abuse button. Um, and also if uh, anything else fails, I think as Leslie indicated, there are other e-safety, uh, there are other um, locations um, that where uh, parents can go to look for resources of how to refer um, uh, or seek advice. What we'll do is we'll provide links to the, um, that you've mentioned today so we can actually help parents who are looking, listening to this podcast. We'll hopefully have those at the bottom of the, um, the website so you can all um, have a look at that um, and particularly with that education piece too. Parents can sit down with their kids and do the Dolly Stream Digi yep. Pledge as well. That's yep. super fun and um, it, it gets them to go together as, you know, the parents and the children. Um, doing simulated activities of what they might be doing online and answering questions and thinking about their answers. And it's terrific. And we've had lots of families do it so far. They've really enjoyed it. And every time they've done it, they've learned something new. Oh, and wonderful. that's a really good, fun way to, um, to learn together. And it's got all of the updated links um, and apps that you can play with and you can see what it's like to actually go on Instagram together if you've never done it as a parent and what, what it means and how you do it and how you, how you report, et cetera, all of those things. Oh, brilliant. Well, Leslie, if you want to make sure that you send me that link, we'll, we'll make sure it's connected to the podcast. Yes. So pledge. Sally, could I also ask that you connect the Think You Know website also, yes. if that's, that's okay? Absolutely. Because um, it also gives some advice on, on other agencies like Kids Helpline and the like that yep. um, kids yep. may want to connect to. Brilliant. Yeah. Look, that, that has been a brilliant um, snapshot. We've provided right? those necessary uh, links. Um, and thank you to you both extremely busy people doing very, okay. very important work. Um, and thank you so much for being part of this podcast. I know it will be incredibly popular and uh, we'll make sure that it gets out to all the right people and online. So until until further <laughs> together, <laughs> together again, um, hopefully we rest next year. Um, it's been really, really lovely speaking with you. So thank you very much.
This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.